Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And good morning, all. This is Broncos for Breakfast. So right now, it is just me, Scott Kennedy, uh, going solo for the time being. I got a text message in from Nick Kendall in his travels. Uh, about four o'clock this morning, my time. So that gives him about a four-hour turnaround. Uh, he might still be sleeping. Uh, you know, the, the Broncos for Breakfast show at six thirty a.m. on Seattle time sounds like a great idea in theory until travel and everything starts getting into it. But this is Broncos for Breakfast, and I titled the show this morning. Uh, and and we can go any direction you want to. Uh, but I titled this morning this morning show. Can the Broncos win out? Do they want to win out? I mean, obviously the players do, and you know, but but how do you feel? You know, you're sitting right now, I think, at eleven, uh, with, with a draft spot at eleven, uh, number one pick. That one looks better and better. Um, if you don't win out, as far as trade bait or who you might want to try and bring in. Um, and speaking of bringing in, I want to say a couple, say hello to a couple folks that are coming in on YouTube. The uh, the Facebook groups are just starting to get ramped up, uh, but falling sloth. Good morning. Good morning. Says hi, Scott. Says, Good morning. I'm drinking my uh, my sloth coffee from Cafe Brit right now. One of my favorites in my gigantic mug. See, now this this is a mug. This is a mug right here. I think this is about 30 ounces. So I'll be flying by the end of this show for sure. Uh, Ashton coming in. Says, morning, Scott. Appreciate you. Uh, Ethan, DW, DWI guys across the, across the pond. It is a good time. This is one of my favorite times. Um for being in England, I haven't done it yet because there's basically uh, football matches every single day. Um, they call it the the festive period, and um, for my fiftieth birthday next year comes during the the festive period. That's all I've asked for. So I want to go to London. I want to go there for about ten days and see about twenty matches. Uh, CC coming in, one of our uh, more grounded people. I like reading your comments, CC, as, as some of the Folks go off the chain in the evenings. I, I appreciate your your levity. Uh, so glad you're here. And Dave Glassman showing some hearts and showing showing some love. Let me you know, let me get my Facebook feed going too, so I can see um, who's coming in. If you happen to have stars or anything like that, I don't want to miss you for sure. Um, and then Josh is coming in on Facebook. Josh, good morning. Miguel coming in also on Facebook. Good morning. Good morning for sure. And Donald. Uh, welcome in, Donna. Says we should have fired Fangio and Shermer yesterday, if only for the responsibility of all the decisions today, uh, of, of all the decisions around Teddy. Um, so, you know, I, I've seen some of the the thought around the the interviews and the processes can begin today. Need to fire these guys or let them know. You know, there's so much stuff that goes on beyond closed doors that are not necessarily, you know public you know they're talking to agents constantly as a general manager you have to have a three-man list basically for every position down to groundskeeper to head coach to quarterback to everything you you always have that list so if you don't hear anything in the next week or so don't panic i i, I really wouldn't worry too much about that i i have very very little doubt that george payton general manager george payton has been on the horn across the nfl with different uh, with different agents of coaches, of uh, different agents from coordinators, all of that type of stuff. He's he's putting in the work. He's not waiting until uh, the deadline opens, the you know opening period of signing period, to uh, to start for them to, to to go to work. He's been working on that the whole time. Excuse me for a second while I while I take a hit on this. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because. They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. That's the hard part about going solo. It's hard to uh, drink your coffee at the same time and and keep talking um, as well. Um, and Josh Henderson comes in with a with a very common sentiment. So I like Vic as a defensive coach, but not as the head coach. Um, if you if you do a Google search on on Vic Fangio's contract, it says it comes in at four four years, sixty one million, thirty five guaranteed with a fifth year option. That sounds extravagant for a first time head coach to me. It, it really does. Even if you cut that in half, that's a lot of money. So when you start talking about you know, these he's he's saving, he's making decisions for his job, or you hate guys that lose their jobs. It's like, you know, I, I get this the sympathy part of it. And and when you fail at something, it doesn't matter how much you're making, you know, it, you, you kind of get used to it as you get older and if you you become you you work your way up the ladder and you start you start becoming used to it. And the same things that bother you bother you no matter if you're you know living in an apartment, you know, just fresh out of college and broke, or if you've got a, a big house and you seem to think that you've gotten all the things you've ever wanted. <clears throat> You're still stressed by a lot of the same things. I get that. But Vic's in his 60s. He's got eight or nine figures. Eight, you know, he's got eight figures in the bank. He's going to be okay. <laughs> um, he's not coming back as a defensive coach, though. That doesn't happen. Guys don't take demotions. An interim head coach, you might be able to keep on if you had fired Vic earlier. And let's say you elevated Mike Munchak to uh, head coach for the last five games of the season. A new coach, if he wanted to, may have been able to keep someone like that on. But if um, you're not going to get Vic Fangio as a defensive coach unless he's the head coach, it just it just doesn't it doesn't work like that. Leon, uh, Leon, I've, I've, uh, I I keep tallies on on all the supers uh, that come through, and uh, I feel like you know this is a newer name that that over the last couple months. So Leon, appreciate you appreciate you being here. And he says, "Good morning." Uh, hope still alive for Fangio to get fired today. It is awfully early in uh, in, in Dove Valley, isn't it? So, um, you know, what do you think? Is this is this something you want to see happen today, or is this you know across the chat? I ask you, is this something you want to see happen today, or you know, let's ride it out. You got thirteen more days. Uh, what are your options? You know, he's not. If you get rid of Fangio today you're probably not taking Shermer with you at this point I think you're just George Payton's just going to ride it out if, if he survived the four game losing streak midway through the season and the I don't know it was just the turmoil that surrounded it he was he was going to ride for the season and start fresh clean slate um at the end of, of the end of next season but uh one of the uh one of the topic of the show coming in was uh you know can can the broncos win out and, and what are the ramifications if they do so you know it, it's hard to get a grip on this uh this afc west except for the chiefs the chiefs are just the, the class of the maybe the afc right now um and then you look it's like okay here come the raiders no there go the raiders okay here come the chargers they're starting to get together then they go to houston and give up 41 points to one of the three worst teams in football and get beat on the road that might not be great news for the Denver Broncos because that was kind of a, a wake up game for the chargers. If you're going to, if you're going to have one of those kind of like when Denver went into Dallas and just embarrassed them, you didn't want to be the next team to play the Cowboys, especially if you weren't a very good team, that not very good team happened to be the Atlanta Falcons and they got walloped the chargers. Are they good enough? Do you think they're good enough to turn this around and, and really have a bounce back game? Um, so I don't know. I don't know that for sure. We'll get into it. Definitely though. Um, let me look through the chat here. Um, 
Shane Daniels coming in here with some with some stars this morning. Um, morning, Scott. Do you think Locke should get a second start? Who do you think might be a sleeper coaching candidate out there? I'm going to start with the the tail end of that one. I'm not great as far as the sleeper candidates for a couple of reasons. I never really liked that question anyway, because in my business, if I know about them, they shouldn't be sleepers. I should be telling you about them. Um, but who should, you know, if we say Kellen Moore could be a sleeper candidate, well, we've been talking about Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys for months here. Um, I don't know the landscape of coaching well enough to say these are the guys you should be going after. Um, I will pick up on that as we get through with the season and, and start going to the senior bowl and start talking to all those types of people. The senior bowl is basically a big coaching fair, uh, job fair as much as it is anything else. Um, do you think Locke should get a second start? Absolutely. I absolutely do. Um, even if Locke had fallen on his face, I think he should get the second start. I don't want to see Teddy play again on this team. Uh, he's had his egg scrambled twice, at least, that we know of uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. I don't, he never, I don't know. He, he played differently after that. I don't know that he fully recovered after that. And then when you, you have face first into the turf, jam your neck and go completely limping, it carried off on a stretcher for this. Not the second time, but that, that's the second time you've had a concussion. And what's he got? What, what what He doesn't need to come back. I don't want him to come back. As his agent, I wouldn't want him to come back. As a family member, I definitely wouldn't want him to come back. And as a fan of a football player, I don't want him to come back. Um, the second part of that becomes, um, does he, does, does Drew, should Drew start? Should Drew get the second start? And I, I do, I think so. I think he played uh, well enough to say, okay, what can he do now? You know, let's get those first game butterflies. And, and the question becomes at the beginning of the year, if that game, if he had had that game in game one, I, it was so long ago. I don't remember those first three games, who, who they were against. The Giants, um, there were some bad teams in there. Jaguars, I think. Um, you go, you play those teams and he plays like that against those teams, you probably get a W. Okay, well, now he builds on that and he builds on that and he builds on that. Um you know, I think that probably would have been the best case scenario for Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos. The problem is, is they didn't have a whole lot of faith in him being able to manage a game like that. Well, we just proved it. He just proved it. He can go, I can go 17 for, for 25 and, and not turn the ball over. I can do that and throw check downs and, and all that type of thing. The one question I had, and I mentioned this yesterday, and Nick should be here momentarily. He just texted me, so that'll be good so I can drink my coffee. The one question I had that we don't know, and, and and it's hard to get a straight answer on this because the people that we would ask, you know, Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio, are biased, is what is Drew Locke like pre-snap? You know, without a doubt, we know that Peyton Manning is one of the best pre-snap guys, getting his team in the right position to succeed before the snap even happens, making a read and checking out of bad runs, checking into good runs. How is Drew Locke at doing that? Because for all the blame that goes around to to you know Pat Shermer calling a bad game, you know some of that falls on the center who is new, as we know, and some of that falls on the quarterback. And I don't know that. I, I, I literally I don't know, but it's a question I have. Um, if he's putting his team in in bad situations constantly and not able to get out of a bad play, that's a big part of playing quarterback. So I don't I don't know the answer to that. I'd be very very interested. And getting a non-biased, you know, someone like let's I'd love to be good friends with Garrett Bowles. You know, he could give you a straight answer on that. Garrett, you know, what's up with this? And, you, and if he could say, Yeah, Locke doesn't do it right, or he could say, No, Locke was fine. The play calling sucked. <laughs> or we played bad. Okay, that that would be something I'd be I would be real interested in knowing. Um, and appreciate the stars as always, Shane. Uh, Travis coming in with some stars who says, good morning, Scott. Glad you're keeping the show going. I'm truly hoping for a new coach and a real QB DB for life. Um, going back to, uh, you know, the winning and losing, you lose these two games. You probably get a two, uh, a top 10 draft pick top 10 draft pick starts looking real good as draft capital. If you want to trade that to move to Seattle, uh, if you want to try and move it to green Bay, um, it's harder to do the next year because, my plan is if I get Russell, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, I'm picking in the 30s the next year. I'm not picking in the top 10. So if I'm going to send them two, two first round picks, maybe even three first round draft picks, it, it's going to look like a 10, a 30, and a 30. 
um, you know, if I'm on the other end of that trade, it's like, okay, what are we going to get for this guy? Um, we're going to send them a guy. We're going to send them the piece that they need to go to the Super Bowl. So we're going to pick a 10. We're going to get a 10 pick, a 30 pick, and a 31 pick. Is that good enough for us? Um, you know, and then my second round pick almost becomes a third, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so still for me, going out and getting that quarterback is your best chances with this roster to win now is to bring in a veteran is to get is to get the veteran um i think it was donald actually said you know of all the guys that we're talking about and 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 stuff that drew lock has the best chance <laughs> look at that shave oh my god <laughs> good morning guys welcome he's still not quite ready you're muted settle down let me finish my thought and then i'll then i'll then i'll, then I'll bring you back in um my thought on this was he said, you know, Drew Locke is of, of all these players has the best chance of being a Bronco next year of starting for the Broncos. This year. I would agree with that. He's only one under contract. You trying to acquire Russell Wilson, trying to acquire Aaron Rodgers, trying to pick which quarterback you might draft and or start. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not under contract. The only one that's got a contract right now to be a Denver Bronco next season is Drew Locke. So by default, he's probably got your best chance to be your starting quarterback next year. Um, but it ain't going to happen under uh, under Vic Fangio. Right, Nick? Amen. And uh, welcome back to uh, Seattle, where the times are different. And uh, yeah, got in last night at about 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I don't even know. Uh, so going on about three hours of sleep. But, that, you know, that's okay. So uh, welcome in, everybody, I guess. Welcome in to me. Good morning. And yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, that's what we said early on in the season um, about Drew Locke being the guy, not only just being the only the guy under contract more, but the youngest guy with the most tools. So Ty goes to the the youngest guy, in my opinion. And uh, I guess the Broncos didn't see it that way, or Teddy was winning in many other ways. I mean, we're, a big thing is with the Drew Locke whole thing, with this, especially this offseason, is that we uh, – I had to fly a plane – or I, I didn't fly a plane. I was on a plane yesterday, and my boss recommended that I shave my face for a cleaner um, fit of my mask. <laughs> so um, I was like, okay, boss. Um, oh, I forgot what you do for a living. I rolled my eyes, but I forgot what you do for a living. You're actually yeah. like super serious about this stuff. It was uh, my boss is a MD, a PhD epidemiologist, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, that's uh, <laughs> that's um, so yeah. Um, Drew Lock, the big thing, you know, more tools, but you know, he didn't win in the eyes, and we're not working with all of the information. Also, and we talked about it in that Las Vegas game, right? Uh, Drew Lock, you know, he played well. But what was the pre-snap stuff? What was the run checks? How much are you limiting yourself with the, the the palette of colors that you can work with with the playbook because of Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater? So, um, you know, it's in the past now. Uh, it is what it is with uh, these quarterbacks. But I, I am curious what would have happened if Drew Locke would have been the the long-term starter. Um, and Joe come in with big stars. So when we, we look tonight at the update, I don't do the Facebook updates. Chad yeah. does those. Um, yep. Joe is going to be pushing the needle in a big way over the course mm -hmm. of the next few days. I think we need to knock out about 25% of the goal over the course of the next four days, 28, 29, 30, 31, four days. Um, I firmly believe we can. I see the way this uh, this community comes together. But Joe, appreciate you coming in and asking, hey, Scott and Broncos country, I'm hoping our first pick in the draft is a third rounder. Um, thoughts on uh, defensive tackle, nose tackle, day two or day three in the upcoming draft? Um, I don't know the draft that deep enough yet. The senior bowl is going to help me a lot with that. Mm -hmm. I, I had a blast down there and I can't wait to go down again um, where I got to see guys like Quinn Miners and Creed Humphrey. Um, the interior line was, you know, Spencer Brown, those guys, Ellerson Smith. These guys were really, really good last year on the interior line. I don't expect it to be that deep again this year. Um, and, and defensive linemen are, they're hard. Oh, they're hard to find. The big defensive line. What do you? But what do you think? Do you think there could be a, a couple sleepers in there that that might slide down into the into the uh, third round that you're interested in? Ah, man, that is a tough question because I feel like the game. I don't know if you watched that piece that I sent you yet. Again, um, where they're talking about the two high safeties and whatnot. Um, but the maybe a decade ago now, or even five years ago, somebody like a Jordan Davis or whatnot, they'd be like, oh well, you know, he is really good against the run, but. Uh, he brings nothing to the pass game. However, that's not wasn't big brained enough uh, for us. We've actually we're, we're better as a society today understanding the value of those kind of players because it's all about that box numbers. And if you're going to play those two high shells, especially on first and second down, to take away those deep shots and say, you know what, got, please on those RPO looks, 
hand it off because you're way less likely to hit a big play with that handoff than a pass. Those run stuffy nose tackles are more valuable um, just because you need to be able to take away the run with six guys. Uh, so Jordan Davis will be higher. There's another guy too, who um, I really think there's only two nose tackles so far that I've seen that. I'd be like, yeah, that guy is going to be a starter in the league. Um, Travis Jones from UConn is I think about six, four, three, 40, three fifty. Um, he's another one who is an absolute unit. I think he's going to be down at the senior bowl as well. Um, and I actually think he might have better pass rush ability than a Jordan Davis, which maybe brings him some more value. But I, I think with the amount of teams that are running this Vic Fangio style defense uh, across the league, especially running the two high safety shells um, that uh, these nose tackles uh, are going to be more valuable than you'd seen in the past. Cause it allows you to play that two high safety shell on first and second down. Well, it's a lot of fun watching the interior lineman because it's, it's a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Um, a game is chaos. You know, you, you, a game is so dependent on the rest of your teammates. But when I get to watch a guy go through 20 reps of the same thing that I get to watch the next guy go through 20 reps of the same thing, you start getting a better idea of, of who you're looking for uh, and what you're looking at. So I go down Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for practices, and then I take off Thursday night. Um, Fridays are walkthroughs, Saturdays are games. I don't care about the games. The games don't mm-hmm. really matter in these instances. So uh, I hope he will be down there. And you've heard me joke before. You get a guy that um, if I can't outrun him or kick his butt, we're going to be friends. So, you know, I see 6'4", 330. I, I probably can't outrun the dude either. And I def- like, maybe I could when I was 18. Definitely couldn't now. So we're, we're going to be friends. We're going we're gonna to make sure you're on my side. Um, uh, CC coming in and says, I'm happy to see Locke play a clean game. But, I mean, I'd really like to see him string together consistency these last two games when it comes to footwork and turnovers. If so, then good for him. I think that's the key number right there is if you, you just get that zero turnovers again. Um, that's more important than, you know, I, I think during his, his famed stretch run, his rookie season where he went, you know, four and O or four and one or five and one or something like that. I think he was seven, it was five games. I think, I think he was seven touchdowns and three interceptions. That's not great. You know, that's the extrapolate that over the course of the year, Mm -hmm. you're talking about 21 touchdowns and what about 10 interceptions? You know, that's, that's not great. It's pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, that was, that is pretty good for a rookie, but that's, you're, you're looking for better than that. I, I think it's almost important for him. If he comes out of these three games, if he starts three games and has three touchdowns and no interceptions, I think you're, you're, you're really happy. And on the Drew Locke roller coaster, you know, we mentioned if I'm looking at a line graph, Teddy's is pretty boring. You know, it mm-hmm. might have a blip here and a dip here and a blip here, but it's pretty straight across the line. Where Drew Locke's is going to have very high variance. It's going to go, yeah, he went for four touchdowns here. He went for three interceptions here. But on a short sample size of two games, if you can keep them here, then at the very least, at the very least, what you're doing is enhancing his trade value. And like I said, Nick and I disagree on this a little bit, but I've seen I've seen franchises do some really stupid things on a short sample size with quarterbacks. Um, who was the guy who came in? He backed up Dan Marino uh, and, and got like three starts. And I think the Detroit Lions sent a first round draft pick or made a huge free agent like scott mcdonald or somebody like that um how about um matt flynn how about who matt flynn matt flynn what he played like two games behind brett Favre, and then you know sending a first round pick for him um how about teddy bridgewater going four and oh or five and oh as a new orleans starter after playing on two one-year contracts worth six and seven million dollars respectively getting a three-year 66 million dollar contract from the carolina panthers it's insanity yeah, there's so another one goes out and plays well. At the very least, maybe somebody does something stupid and sends you a good pick. Yeah, the one thing that Drew would have going against him in the value regard is that he would just have only uh, one. I'm going to get our. Oh, we do have everybody in here. Okay, it looked like. Oh, we don't have our main Facebook group up and running. This is what happens when maybe I am not. I see one right here that's Denver Broncos. Maybe we do. The main one's Mile High Huddle. The other ones don't really matter. Oh, well. um... <laughs> All right, I have a I had another one there with the uh, the logo on it, but either way, we're running now. Um, if you guys hadn't joined us, welcome in. Um, yeah, the Drew Lock, the one thing he has really going against him now is the one year left of control. Um, I think that that will deter some teams as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really hoping that the Broncos can maybe get if they if Drew Lock does play like he did this last week, where you know not making the big mistake, uh, then you are going to see hopefully uh, maybe get a a fifth round pick for him. I think right now, even with this last game, it's probably still a sixth round pick. 
Um, but, uh, you know, things can change and, you know, there's some true believers out there, or some true believers out there, I guess I should say. So, you know, you keep pulling for him because there's still a chance he's got the tools. And, uh, if he can protect the football, like he did against the Vegas Raiders, he's going to get a, another chance. I mean, God, we saw Ian book play last night, right? Drew Locke's still going to get another chance in this league. Well, and, uh, Scott Mitchell, that's who it was. He's a, a big guy, had a couple decent games for the dolphins. And then I think Detroit signed him to a huge contract and hampered them for years. Um, well, as much as you can hamper Detroit, so, yeah. you know, that's, uh, but yeah. And Travis, appreciate you coming in here on that. Um, uh, for sure. So yeah, people do stupid stuff when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, yeah. what I don't necessarily like to see is, you know, the, and, and they're coming in here. This is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call anybody out on this is, well, so-and-so started this way. Well, those aren't one-to-one comparisons. I mean, I understand the don't give up on this guy yet. You know, I, I get that. Um, but when you're you're charged with winning and winning right now, as you put Vic Fangio and Vic Fangio put himself in that position with two losing seasons and then was retained, yeah. if he doesn't believe in that guy that he can win right now, then he's got no chance. That's why they brought in a guy for cheap. He brought in basically a career backup um, with a six-round pick and $4 million. That's career backup money that you're, you're paying for him. And, and you felt better about him than you did about about the quarterback you had to win right now. People said, well, "Vic Fangio is only doing that to save his job." Well, yeah, yeah, of course he is. He's he didn't he didn't have the luxury of trying to develop a guy. That's that's common sense. He blew that luxury last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I also don't really like the hindsight analysis with the arguing the counterfactual. I mean, like if if Drew Lock started since week one. We'd, we'd be out of the pandemic and there'd be a cure for cancer, you know, like that kind of thing. It's like, it, you don't know, like, I, I guess anything is possible, but uh, we are where we're at. And all we can do is deal with the reality and the set of circumstances that we've seen so far. So, you know, that's just, that's, that's what it is. Uh, Ashton coming in here saying seven ten surely means Fangio is gone. Right. Uh, I think one more loss and for sure Fangio is gone. Fangio might already be gone, but hey, uh, I was thinking nine and eight might not get it done. You know, it'd be yeah. nice to have a winning record. And as a coach, you want to put that on your resume Totally. Um, when you're going into interviews and even if he wants to, you know, he said, I, I, I didn't see the context of the quote and, and kind of read his read how he said it, which matters. Um, but he was talking about, I'm not too worried about losing my job. I won't get into that. You know, personal reasons. I'm good. Yeah. Personal reasons is you, you got like $30 million, you know, you're fine. You're at retirement age and you've got eight figures in the bank. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. It's, I, I've said before, you know, Bo Pelini was like, I'm rich screw you. I'll say what I want. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know why more coaches aren't like that. They're so there's such politicians out there. I'm like, you guys have F you money, relax, have some fun with it. Like I said, Steve Spurrier was one of my favorites. You know, every people hated Steve Spurrier. I'm like, Steve Spurrier had some fun. He's one of the few guys out there that, that actually seemed to enjoy coaching, uh, and enjoy, um, the competition. So, Anyway, my my thoughts on that is Ashton. I don't know that nine and eight saves this guy. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll see. Um, it's obviously going to be interesting, and the, the ownership situation really does cloud this because it's if you have the boss that's signing the check saying like, yeah, this guy's gone. Uh, that would probably lean some. Obviously, that would lean some weight on it. But because there's going to be that transition at the ownership group, uh, maybe things do change. Uh, but um, I still I think it does sound like Vic Fangio is on his way out. You they had to win one of these last two games losing to the Bengals and then losing to the Raiders. And even if it's the fault of the offense, I mean, that's your offense too, Vic, like you're the head coach. So that's your offensive coordinator that, that those are the guys that you picked. Guess what? The buck yeah. stops here. So if they're not getting it done, then you know, sorry, like you, you had three years, what four years. I don't even know how many it feels like it's been 20 years. I don't know. Um, I guess it's three years. Cause it was the <laughs> we're in dog years at this point. It's been forever. I have no idea where I'm even at. I just get the last 24 hours have been a blur. Um, but Shane coming in here saying morning, Nick. Uh, good morning to you, Shane. I went back and rewatched the game. Our run game was hampered for two reasons. Schlotman couldn't get push and Reisner was just awful. Offensive line was terrible. Um, the Raiders also credit to them. Um, I don't really like, I don't really respect Gus Bradley that much as a defensive coordinator, but uh, he had Shermer's number this week. They called more run blitzes and stuffing the box that we've seen all season from the Raiders. They were the lowest blitz rate team in football and they blitzed the Broncos pretty consistently and took away the run lanes. Um, and uh, the Broncos could not pivot. Is that uh, Shermer 
hampering or handcuffing Drew Locke to make those checks from those kind of plays? Maybe, but uh, simply put, you were just you were just beat up uh, up front, and Schlotman hurt that a lot. I I'm not going to dunk on Schlotman too hard because I've said it coming into the season. You know, he's a guy who's a borderline rosterable player. So if he's out there in that kind of situation, you're going to have a bad time. Um, but you know, you still want them to be better than that, especially when it's you're playing Drew Locke for the, for starting Drew Locke for the first time this season. This Raiders defense has been like bottom five in almost every defensive category you should still be able to run the ball so that was really 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 disheartening and uh, maybe a slight feather in the cap for Lloyd Cushenberry uh, going forward this offseason yeah I don't I don't blame guys for not being good enough that's not their fault you know the the, the, the center was put in there and oh the center's not good enough okay well he, he was who we had you know mm-hmm. that was what what choice we have that's what <clears throat> I've said this before I'm, I'm much more of a, of a personnel guy than I am an X's and O's guy, but you mentioned that it looked like the Raiders had Shermer's number. I think everybody's got Shermer's number, you know, like eight, six, seven, five, three Oh nine. It's, it's yeah. everybody's got that number. Sure, so, sure. um, but watching that game, Shane, I didn't, I watched the condensed version. I watched it quick until I see a couple plays. I'm like, all right, they're getting whipped on the offensive line. What's going on. And I saw, I mentioned this yesterday. I saw the right end come in and, and make a tackle for loss. So I'll watch it again. I'm like, okay, is that, I understand Schlotman. Okay. Schlotman, you're getting beat. Um, Reisner. I haven't been impressed with pretty much most of the year. Um, he was a guy that I thought was overhyped coming in. And I was like, I don't Nick, I don't see it. You know, I just, I don't see it in this guy. I don't think he's very good. God bless him, but he's, he's getting beat a lot. Um, but Bowles, Bowles is supposed to be a guy, you know, he's supposed to be one of your guys. So I see this right and make a tackle for loss. So I hit the rewind button and watch it. I'm like, no, Bowles had a really nice kickout block on that end, knocked him two yards up, created a nice gap behind him, you know, turned everything where it's like, okay, well, did Javante, I think it was Javante, it might have been Melvin Gordon. I was like, did the running back not cut up and run off his butt? Is this a vision problem? No, uh, it was closed because the 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 interior defensive lineman was then getting pushed into that space because he had gotten inside leverage on the center. Um you were getting beat up front, and you were getting beat in the middle, and it made things really, really hard to do. I'm not talking eight yards rushing hard. That's that's insanity. Um, yeah. You know, part of that is the fact that you couldn't get the ball. You know, when you when you can't get first downs and you're letting teams run on all over you and you only have the ball for 20 minutes, it's hard to establish anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so you can put some of that on the defense as well. But the defense did its job as far as I'm concerned. The defense gave you three turnovers and limited to 17 points. You do that. Yeah. You should win that. You you looked up some numbers on this. I knew you would. I'm like, you're going to be one of those teams. You know, when you're watching these stats, it's like, oh, the only team to ever blow it. You know, teams are 90 and one when leading by 14 or more at the Super Bowl. Well, I know who that freaking one is, mm-hmm. um, you know, the 28 to three game. It's going to be one of those just like teams are 103 when getting three turnovers and limiting teams to under 20 points. And well, now I know who one of those three is. Yep. Yeah, not good. Very frustrating. I do put a little bit of blame on the defense. We have Donald coming in with a comment about, uh, you know, the defense needs to get off the field. And I think the Broncos gave the Raiders the ball back with like four or five minutes left and they didn't touch it again. And uh, when you are the number one paid defense in football, uh, you should expect that defense to get that ball back in that situation, especially when you know the Raiders are going to be running it like they are. And they, they could have told you we're running duo over the uh, the left a gap and uh, they, they still couldn't have stopped it. Um, so that was it was frustrating. Um, Broncos run defense in general. Mike Purcell has been not very good this season. He's one that I would assume is going to be on his way out. Uh, Malik Reed, um, not a starter, especially again in the run game, just not a starter. Um, and those guys are weak in uh, those kind of situations. And they Broncos got stepped on. I mean, it's the same thing that we've seen, been saying all season uh, about this Broncos defense. And you know, the Broncos defense is a good unit, no doubt. They've been playing much better as of late. But the offense and how they had been protecting the football and rushing the football had protected the defense. That Raiders defense, they only gave up, what, 10 points, 13 points? That's not a good unit, but because of their offense was so able to possess the football and dominate physically, um, it helped their defense, kept them off the field, kept them fresh, kept them in good situations. And if you're on, guess what? If your defense is on the field, the less that your defense is on the field, the less likely you're going to give up points. It's crazy well, how much go, that's correlated. You can go both ways at that. If you're not one of 11 on first downs, you've got the yep. ball longer again. So yep. it, it goes, yep. there's there's plenty of blame to yep. go around. There's God plenty of, if there this is. was better, then this would be better, et cetera, et cetera. So, yep. you, know, uh, you know, Donald, I, I think you said some of the blame goes on defense. I agree. 
Um, but overall, if I'm looking on how do I fix this game, I'm like, okay, what do I need to fix? I'm not starting with the defense. That that's my point. Um, mm-hmm. If I get three, if I get three turnovers and hold a team under 20 points, I should I should win. I, I should win that game. Um, you know, can you count on them to keep bailing out your offense that isn't getting first downs and isn't putting points on the board? You can for a while, um, but you know, there's very few shutouts in this league. Um, you know, those those other 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 teams are doing well too. Uh, Kevin G coming in on YouTube with a good question. I like says, do you think we can give up picks and players for Rodgers or Wilson and still draft one of the top QBs in this draft? No, I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to. It's going to cost you your number one, um, probably your number two, no matter what, um, to get Rodgers yeah. or Wilson. So I don't see any way that you can get one of those guys and get one of the top guys in the draft. Now you can get a, you could get lucky, you know, you can get a, a mm-hmm. guy. Like, there's a really heady, smart, savvy quarterback that puts up really good numbers, but he's six foot one and undersized. And I picked him up in the fifth round. And he turns out to be awesome. You know, that happens. That happens. So would I, if you get one of those guys, would I still draft a quarterback? Yeah, probably. But it's not going to be one of the top guys, but that's okay. The top guys in this draft aren't that great so far. Yeah. And uh, he said they aren't, they ain't all that good and could possibly drop in the d- draft, sit and learn. Uh, quarterbacks are always going to go high. Desperation. You know, it's, it's closing time at the bar. Uh, all the nines and tens have linked up and left the bar and you're looking around. I'm not, I'm, I can either go home alone without a quarterback, or I can go home with uh, one of the guys that's at the table. So this is, there's going to be somebody who's desperate enough multiple times in this draft early on to take one of these quarterbacks. So, and also, I mean, this quarterback is perceived as a weaker class, but we're not writing. Nobody knows the future. The draft class that had uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson was considered a, an overall weaker class in comparison to the 2018 class. That 2018 it's, class has not been great. So you never know. It's the hardest position to scout because it depends on things you can't measure. It, it's, yep. it's absolutely the hardest. And putting the, the, the franchise and the coach and the system and the surroundings are as important as the player. Totally. You're totally correct there. So somebody will take a swing. It might be the Broncos if they don't get one of those um, veteran quarterbacks. Hope for the best in that regard. Biggest thing that concerns me about this, and I just absolutely hate it, is that these play these teams refuse to go out there and say, you know what, maybe I made a mistake. I'm going to double down on a possibly bad investment. You know, I'm going to buy more stock in a stock that's been in uh, – landlines you know it's like what are you doing like go out there and invest again you know if you diversify your portfolio uh get a different premium stock in there or uh, or you could think of it as like you know i had samsung and it's not doing well do i need to buy more samsung you know and get it while it's low or should i go get some apple Yeah, you know so um i I think i don't think of it doubling down on a a bad one it's it's almost like the it's a sunk cost you know what uh i i missed i need to admit that i missed and I got a chance to upgrade. If I've got a chance to upgrade, I need to do it. Um, and I and I honestly think because for the most part, general managers and coaches are chicken stuff. Bleep. Yep. It comes to going out on a limb and going outside of the book. Um, if you watched uh, Moneyball, you know one of my favorite mm-hmm. lines. One of my favorite examples of this is Art Howe telling Billy Bean. He says, "Mostly, I'm going out and coaching this team in a way that I can explain in interviews when I'm out there." Basically, I, I have to be able to to talk to the baseball people. I have to be able to say, well, if we had invested a first round, first rounder, I couldn't just go get another first rounder again and throw that one down down the drain. Arizona Cardinals have changed that. They've changed it. It only takes one, one team to have the balls to go out and do that like they did. And people say, now there's a precedence. Now people are going to be more emboldened to take a shot more often, to 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 say, hey, I missed. Uh, let's let's go get this guy. Look at Arizona. Look at what they did with Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen. So, yeah. uh, I think it's uh, I think it's there for sure. Uh, and Joe, I've, I've... coming in today. This has been your pod today, bud. We certainly appreciate you today. When we go from like seventy five percent to ninety five percent, when you check in on the progress today, uh, Joe's been a big part of that tonight, uh, this morning for tonight. Uh, Fangio needs to go, but we need to have a defensive scheme to replace him. It's a copycat league, and I say copy Belichick. Four power rushers on the line, safety's deep, and keep everything in front of you. Bracket their best player. He's made it work for 20 years. Um, he has. He's 
had really good personnel <laughs> uh, in order to do that. You know, it's uh, they they've got a scheme. They know what they're looking for, and they find the pieces to do it. And when you're winning, you can bring in veterans that are really mm-hmm. good one year deals for cheaper than they would get anywhere else because they want to go win a ring. Um, yep. You know, this year they had to come out the, the, the they had to bring out the checkbook. They spent more this year than they probably had forever, and that's partially a Tom Brady factor. When you don't have the Tom Brady factor, and I know for a fact we're gonna go, we're gonna go win, we're gonna make a run in the playoffs, then the money starts talking. Well, the money was talking, and it's just gonna put him back into the okay, we're gonna win championships and compete for championships again. Uh, at least we're on that track. So um it is a copycat league. Um, one more point, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Nick. Uh, and I've said this before when you go with a defensive coach, uh, let's say Dan Quinn comes in. And he's your head coach. The problem with having Dan Quinn or a defensive coach is if you, you have to nail the offensive coordinator hire, it's not easy. That, that That's no sure thing. And two, if you do, you're only going to have him for a year because someone's going to hire him as their head coach because the first mm-hmm. guys to get hired are really good up and coming offensive coordinators. Those are the first guys that are on the list of the head coaching jobs. And there's 10 open every single year. So that means you've got to nail the head coach, the, the offensive coordinator position again and then again. And the odds of you doing it are impossible. You're going to have a lot of more variance when you're talking about a defensive coach. For the most part, there's exceptions. I know. I know. But that is one of the concerns you have with hiring a defensive coach is you're constantly changing the offensive coordinator. And it's a hell of a lot harder to run an offense than a defense. Yeah, I agree with you. However, I push back a little bit on the what's it going to look like and have to do it again and again. It's going to look like this regardless if you don't have the quarterback. So... it all comes down to the quarterback. It's the quarterback, silly. That's a, what is it? Uh, there's some. It's blank, dummy. I can't remember what the phrase is. It's something pretty popular. Anyway, it'll come to me. I'm still. I I woke up and sprinted in here. I haven't had coffee yet, so I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I am struggling. But we're getting by. Um, point earlier, I wanted to get back to too is um, you're talking about these quarterbacks, uh, these teams, uh, afraid to make the miss. I think that a lot of these teams uh, come at the viewpoint of the quarterback position all wrong. They're thinking, how can I make the guy that I just ter- took work? How can I make him hit? That's the wrong question. Every time the question should be, how can I get the right quarterback? That can be regardless of if you guy on the roster or not, but that should be the question. So if that means um, going out there and doing another high draft pick on the quarterback position, great. Keep adding to the resource because I mean, look at, look at what the jets just got for Sam Darnold, who has been God awful. Those guys pretty much retain their value. Um, and you, then you can year, flip them for one for trade. One. You can, yes. you can usually do that for for one, for one deal. You know, look mm-hmm. at Josh Rose and you're able to get a second round pick for him and then you can get him off waivers. Yep. The next time Sam Darnold goes, it will be for nothing. It'll be for a tenth of what yes. uh, what he's been the past uh, two two picks. Yeah. Oh, it's the economy, stupid. Thanks, Shane. That's that's mm-hmm. a, I knew it was, I was like, ah, what is it? Um, but uh, I just, I think that that would be my strategy as well. We were way too, way too sunk cost fallacy on these quarterbacks when uh, if they haven't shown enough, then they need to have somebody nipping at their butt to beat them out. Um, and if that's fair or not to that player, I don't give a hoot. Go play better. Uh, Travis Tarbox, happy holidays. Uh, Travis Tarbox coming in. Do you guys think we bring back Josie Jewell? Um, it's definitely possible that Jewell is back. But the big question is, are the Broncos going to be playing the same scheme as what they had with Fangio? And is Jewell going to be as much of a schematic fit as what uh, Fangio's wanted? Fangio wants a lot of the stuff, work in the box, where linebackers every once in a while will flex out and play over the slot and coverage. But big thing is that box work. And uh, maybe if you're running more of a four, three or a five, zero five, like what the Patriots are running right now, I saw comments about the Patriots. defense. they're actually running a three down lineman defense there with a lot of uh, versatile pieces on the, the, uh, the linebacker position, but uh, Jules possible. I'd love him back, but we need to see what the, what the defense are going to run is. Uh, I'm going to say the, if the medicals check out, okay, then yes, because he's not that expensive. He's still pretty young. He's 27 years old. Uh, his, his, uh, extension or his last year option, whatever it was that kicked in, went from, you know, almost tripled his, his cap hit. He went from just nine to like 2.3. So can you bring him back on a one year, $3 million deal? Yeah, you'd probably take that. I think that's better than anything that he's going to get anywhere else. And is he worth that to you based on what you know about him as a leader, a mentor and a situational player? Yeah, he probably is. You can afford it. Um, you know, unless you need every single penny to pay your quarterback that's coming in, um, you can afford to take an extra 700 grand of, of cap hit 
on Josie Jewell to bring him back to make sure that your your young linebackers, Baron Browning, uh, and like I said, I've been impressed with Jonas Griffith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I see a guy like that making plays who's six four, two hundred fifty pounds. I, I, I'm pretty excited about what I've got there. Um, I would love to have someone like um, Josie Jewell in there to to mentor these guys, to be to push them, to show them what it's like to be a pro. And flat out, if he plays like he did at the beginning of the season, he's a pretty good football player. Yeah. So yes, I think I think the Broncos bring back bring bring back Josie Jewell. Yeah, I'd be about that. Uh, we will see what his market looks like. Maybe it's higher than we think. Um, but with the injury coming off, um, with his athletic limitations, and with how I mean, Broncos are kind of proving it this year. Um, there is obviously a point of diminishing returns, but you can find linebackers all across the league. There's no point in pay, pay, uh, paying a Blake Martinez top 10 off-ball linebacker money when you can go out there and find a similar player like Devondre Campbell. Uh, or not a similar player, but it's a Devondre Campbell and plug it in like the Packers did. You know, Blake Martinez, see ya. We're not paying him that money. What are the Giants thinking? Um, and then bring in Campbell, who's been almost an all-pro this season. So you can find linebackers if Jules is too much. You know, I wish him nothing best but the best because yeah, I come coming off an injury, he's not yeah. going to get a big contract. No. He's going to be yeah. relatively cheap, and he he's be. valuable enough to you for the intangibles mm-hmm. that he. he I, I think he's worth bringing in for sure. I would say yes, yes. I said yeah. yes. I say yes. And <laughs> I would start him and Browning next season. And if Griffith comes and does better in the box and the processing stuff and uh, breaking down with the you know A through C gaps in the run game. Then maybe he takes Jewel spot, or I mean Browning and Jewel have both had uh, injuries this last season, so you're going to want you know some depth there. So if it's not too expensive, I I 100 agree. I I think Jewel would be a great get, and also you're going that's a good economical buy as well because you're not paying much for a position that is seeing the field less and less in today's NFL. So uh, that's I think we're sharing a uh, sharing a brain on that one there. The DWI guys coming in, Ethan. Good morning to you. Hire an offensive coach. Hackett, Dabble, be enemy more, even Peterson. More likely to attract Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Um, well, I think with Russell Wilson, if you have the Dan Quinn connection, who's a defensive coordinator, and it's not just Dan Quinn, you also have uh, Daryl Bevel and Schottenheimer in Jacksonville who are probably likely to be relieved of their duties um, after this season. And that just makes total sense. It's going to be, you know, Seattle East there in Denver in that kind of situation, because not only would the Dan Quinn connection be there with Russell Wilson, but then you have Bevel and Schottenheimer as well. So I don't uh, necessarily get the Dan Quinn connection for a quarterback and a defensive coordinator that was six years ago. I mean, that was, <clears throat> that was a long time ago. You know, what, yeah. what, what connection, you know, would you say right now, you know, that Pat Shermer has a connection to Pat Sertain, you know, when, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of a stretch. I mean, now, you know, Dan Quinn is a, a much better personality. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to this, but it's different sides of the ball. Quarterbacks are, you know, their own prima donna people that I don't, I don't necessarily get that one too much. Um, but a quick example of the the type of reach that Dan Quinn has for his players. Uh, Dante Fowler was doing an interview with the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody drink. Um, and he mentioned something about like calling Dan Quinn when, um, or the, one of the reasons he came to there was because of my guy, Dan Quinn. He was, he came and signed with the Falcons when Dan Quinn was a head coach. He played for Dan Quinn at Florida with the Florida Gators and, you know, and is still referring to him. And this is when Dan Quinn, this was this year that he gave that interview. So Dan Quinn's already gone, been fired and is defensive coordinator at Dallas Cowboys. And an Atlanta Falcon is still referring to him as my guy. That's, that's my guy. Um, That's, that's nice. You know, when they're, when you've got a guy who's pretty unlikable as your head coach, you know, Dan Quinn, you're you're gonna root for. I promise you. You might not want him there, but you're gonna wish him Merry Christmas and sorry to see you go when he eventually gets fired because all coaches do. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, and again, there it is a connection league overall. So maybe there is a relationship there between Russell Wilson and Quinn that we don't know. And maybe also mm-hmm. there's some there's a trust factor there with Quinn and Russell Wilson where Russ is like, listen, I know if I'm there with Quinn, he's going to let me do what I want to do and empower me where he's not going to be, you know, Mike McCarthy out here saying this is our offense, no matter what Aaron Rodgers, like kick rocks if you don't want to run it. And I still think if you're going after Aaron Rodgers to a lesser extent, Russell Wilson, they're going to have a say. I, I still mm-hmm. believe yeah. you're going to you're going to get their input when you're going, well, who are you going to bring in? Well, who do you want us to bring in? Um, that's, that's part of it. So if I, you know, if I make this move and you don't want to hire a coach just to get a quarterback or, you know, vice versa, but if you're happy with this coach, if he's on my list anyway, and I, and, and he gets rubber stamped by the quarterback, then I'm just about to 
uh, you know, mortgage the house for, um, then that's a win-win, right? No, totally. Um, and also, as much as there's not supposed to be these conversations off the record, there these conversations are happening off the record between these guys, the agents, the players, the coaches. So um, we'll see what happens. I know the Broncos are, by all accounts, planning to be aggressive with the one of these two quarterbacks this season, but they were aggressive with Rodgers last offseason, and nothing came of it, or even Matt Stafford too. So um, no guarantees, but um, it does seem like there, there at least is some thought in Dub Valley that there is, there could be a Quinn and Russell Wilson connection, and it doesn't hurt that uh, the Dallas defense is playing excellent football right now as well. Um, what a massive turnaround uh, Quinn has had on that Dallas defense. And uh, certainly appreciate you, Ethan. Uh, happy holidays. Um, no, and Number Broncos one are trying hard to get you guys off the airways. Unfortunately, uh, I don't exactly know what that means, but they've been, you know, they the NFL doesn't like the media period yeah. <laughs> they want to control everything they always have yep. so that's nothing new yeah and uh real quick on ethan's comment the enemy in denver is not happening i know people keep screaming for that to happen um but there is bad stuff in his closet for his time when he was in boulder so it's coming him coming to denver is i've been pulled told point blank told point blank give it a rest it's not happening so uh, just put that one to bed. There's other guys out there, but the enemy's not coming to Denver. It's like, let's see, when I think of uh, character problems, who do I think of? I think of Cincinnati. I think of Dallas. Baltimore doesn't typically care because they've got enough that goes around it. So, uh, but probably not, uh, probably not the Denver Broncos. Yeah, just, just, just that one's not happening. I would be interested in Nathaniel Hackett um, for sure. I'm really. I really, really like what uh, Matt LaFleur is doing over on that offense with that wide zone um, with the pairing the quick game and then having a backside deep threat. Um, and not many players can process like Aaron Rodgers does and have the arm talent that Aaron Rodgers does. Um, but um, I would definitely be interested in Hackett regardless of the uh, the Aaron Rodgers connection because I think that he his offense and what he's running would be good. Is he the best fit for some of the personnel you have right now on offense? No, there's probably going to be a transition period there, which would be annoying. But still, at least you'd have some offensive innovation in theory that could push you forward rather than what we've seen from uh, Shermer these last few seasons. And I'm going to hit a two for one on Nico. Nico came in earlier and said, um, should we bring back Josh McDaniels? Now, when I see Josh McDaniels, kind of like in this double screen here, I see uh, Josh McDaniels and I see Lane Kiffin as the same guy. I, I really do. Um, and... Mm -hmm. To be fair, Lane Kiffin, I believe, has matured. You know, he came, he was a head coach at 30 years old. Um, I know some guys that have worked for him. I said, he strikes me as a guy that was born on third base and, and acts like he hits a triple. And they're like, you nailed it. That's him. You know, just, just you know, I'm I'm awesome. I'm the best. And he was a nightmare. He was a disaster. He got humbled. And it's almost like, you know, even his online personality, he's more like Spurrier now where he's just he's like listen I'm I'm rich I'm having fun I don't take it too seriously anymore and he's having success that would be for me the best case for Josh McDaniels Josh McDaniels under Belichick you know just like these guys under Nick Saban you've got an authoritative father figure that's going to cover it's going to cover all ills and all those type of things where Kiffin coach too Josh McDaniels under Belichick is Lane Kiffin under Nick Saban Josh McDaniels, my initial thought is, are you joking? That guy was a joke as a head coach. Yeah. You know, this arrogant, egotistical, do-nothing moron. That is my initial thoughts of Josh McDaniels. But has he matured? It's possible. Certainly is possible. Yeah. No, I, I kind of like Lane Kiffin, but I'd really like it when he dials up a great play and ch chucks his clipboard 5,000 feet in the air. That's some of my favorite uh, – film clips when a guy's wide open you just see a clipboard go way up but uh i don't know how his uh rpo centric offense would work in the nfl i guess it's working for miami right now but man has my has any team played a softer slate of seven games in a row than miami has on the seven game win streak it's it's insane i still like, gotta win them who wins seven true. in a row i mean the chargers go to houston and get whooped yep. uh kevin he says didn't he look dumb this year talking about beat alabama he didn't say you beat alabama i think at halftime he said grab your popcorn it's gonna be fun um and then in you know, Alabama just then poleaxed them. Um, he didn't so say it was fun for him. Any big deal. <laughs> uh, as far as stupid stuff that Lane Kiffin says, that doesn't even make the top 10. Um, yeah. But that turned into like a, a meme type of thing. Grab your popcorn. Um, 
as he was going in half. Personally, I can't stand the, the the talking to the sideline coaches as they're coming in and out of the locker room. I think it's ridiculous. And they do it for the one in a bazillion chance that you're going to get a soundbite like that. Otherwise, it's the same crap. Well, we got to block better, protect better, we'll check the film, we'll get here, we'll get after these guys. Thanks, coach. Ugh. But every once in a while, you get a soundbite like that, and it seems to make it worth it for all of these network executives that think you have to have a three-person sideline reporter interview the head coach ridiculousness. I think whoever's doing the sideline interview for that halftime should have to tackle the head coach, and then you earn that interview. If you can bring him down, then you can have it. Some of those older coaches, you know, the Andy Reid maybe, although he's got some mass to him. Maybe he could work through uh, Aaron Andrews' block, uh, tackle attempt. But, uh, no, I agree with you. It's dumb. Also, those guys have such a limited time um, in general with the halftimes that uh, it's it's not they don't want to talk to you no they they don't want to talk to you and they're not going to say anything so why bother it's one of the things i really like what nbc sport nbc sports has done with their soccer coverage is they have not crammed down the sideline reporter down our throats Mm -hmm. uh it's two-man booth go yep i agree with you person booth i don't care the man booth forget that part it's it's the sideline reporter trying to (laughs) yeah what was implied the woe was implied on that one. The woman. Um, Jay coming in here. If they're going to fire Fangio, why wouldn't they do it today? To take advantage of the two-week window to start the interview process. Unless George Payton has a good idea who he's going after. I think he has a good idea of who he's going after. <laughs> also, the guys that he's going after from the names that I've heard are all in position to make the playoffs. So they're coaching some meaningful games right now. So they're not taking time off weeks or multiple days off to prep for an interview, go out there and do it. So there's connections that are happening. They're talking to agents. There's, there's flyers going out there. Um, no doubt. Peyton already has a short list of who he's interested in. You don't um, need the two week distraction uh, no. while you're conducting these interview process and doing your, your due diligence behind the scenes. So Jay, I think you said the second part is the most important part on there. Unless he has a pretty idea who he's going after. He's already going after them. Yep. He's already doing the due diligence. I promise you. Um, and the Broncos don't need the dis- they don't need the distraction. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what harm outside of throwing Teddy in there right now? That would be probably the most detrimental decision I think that a, that that the head coach could make right now is for the long term health. Otherwise, what's the worst case scenario? You lose these two games, and um, you know that's that's not that crazy right now. Um, you know, even if you go nine and eight and eke into the playoffs, are you a contender? No. Um, so you don't need the distraction for the next two weeks. Get it done. Get it over with. Do your due diligence behind the scenes. Appreciate the uh, the stars, OJ. Yeah. No. Thank you very much. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do. The other thing is, um, you why don't you fire Vic Fangio if you know he's already gone? You have to then totally change the what you're doing coaching wise, game plan wise, system wise, and you're in an evaluations. Uh, part of the game so if you're shifting all these coaches roles because you created a void at the top or fired multiple coaches then you're putting your players in a weird position where everything else around them is different as well so uh i, I think there is something to be said for the stability close running out the season because you are in that evaluation uh position if unless you have a guy in house that you think is a viable candidate to be the next head coach then maybe there's a conversation about being the interim coach as a short-term stint to see if he's the guy but i don't see that guy on denver's roster so um, I think that it makes more sense to have the stability in that sense. So that way you are giving these other guys around the head coach to do what they already are doing to be evaluated because everybody, everybody on the team should be fighting for their position for next season. Uh, Donald, uh, I think Comcast is squashing NBC Sports, uh, the, the, the parent company. So I think NBC Sports, the channel is actually going away. Uh, that's why the Premier League has just been moved to USA. So I think that channel itself is getting mothballed, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, might be worth a, a quick Google search. And, and Joe, thank you for this continued stars and the reminder, because I said I was going to do a two-for-one on Nico, and I only addressed the, the Josh Daniels thing. So I highlighted his Mike Tomlin comment and didn't even hit it. I love Mike Tomlin. Love him. Um, we talk about, he's, he's one of my favorite coaches. He'd probably, if I could pick anybody, I'd probably take him. Um, does he need a change of scenery? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know, there's enough people in Pittsburgh right now. There's like, we're tired of this. I'm like, you don't, you don't know how good you've got it or how good you've had it. And maybe, maybe he does need a change of scenery. And if he's gone, he's not going to be out of work long. I promise you. Um, he is not going to be out of work long. Yeah. Hell he's one of the coaches that I think if there's any whispers of him potentially being available, there's talk of teams trading draft picks to get him in, um, because they don't even want to have him hit the open market. 
Um, so if he's available, hell yeah, sign me up. He's one of the very few him and uh, Harbaugh, John Harbaugh are two that I'd be like, oh yes, bring, bring them in because what a sample size of being great with multiple winning in multiple ways as well. I think that's really important. You, if you can have a head coach who can have multiple roster types, alignments, strengths, and weaknesses, and still win football games, that's a good head coach. The ones that have to have it, this certain type of roster every single time running this specific scheme with you're strong in this spot. Those are the ones that scare me because you're going to be have variance year to year um, across the roster. So if you needed that specific way, you're not going to win every single season. Like you do, uh, like you do see with Harbaugh and Tomlin. So I titled the stream. Can they win out two in a row? Um, oh, buddy. I think I, I wouldn't put them past them beating the Chargers this yeah. week now. Uh, well, on Thursday, we'll get into a preview, but you know, the chargers, a team that goes and loses in Houston is beatable. Obviously, uh, Kansas city, if they're playing for anything, you're not going to beat them. That's just the way I see it. They're, they're not going to, uh, you're not going to beat them. Uh, Nico, uh, sorry about that, Nico. I highlighted it. And then I, then I went back to a previous comment, uh, proven coach like Tomlin would be amazing. I love, love Mike Tomlin. Take him in a heartbeat. He's going to have, if, if he leaves Pittsburgh, I'll say it one more time, then I'll, I'll I'll leave this one alone. He ain't gonna be out of work for long. No. Um, but you know, before we get out of here, just you know, do you, you're looking, do, you know, the crystal ball. You think nine and eight, picking around the 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 strength of schedule isn't all that great, which is good. Uh, I looked at it today, and there are five teams at seven and eight right now, and there are seven teams. So there's twelve teams that are either seven and eight, and or eight and seven. So it, it matters. The strength of schedule is going to be in your favor if and when you miss the playoffs, because mm-hmm. if you're tied with six other teams, you're going to be at the top of the heap and it could be a difference between, you know, five and six picks. So we'll definitely get more into that. And as Ethan says, can they win out? Yes. Should they? No. Can they? Oh, I think there's a better chance of them losing both and winning both. Um, yeah. We'll get into, uh, we'll get into um, the Chargers. Chargers. Game on- thursday morning and uh hope to see all of you there nick should be well rested he is going to be a hurting puppy today um <laughs> so building the broncos you just let me know if you need a pinch hitter with carl and, and you can uh, sit behind and, and say hello to everybody in the chat and make crude comments and and that kind of stuff like i like to do in the evenings yeah carl's already on the look for uh a substitute for tonight because uh i got in super late because of delays Oh my God. I also having to fly with a cat. Um, we flew with a cat cause he's got dietary concerns. It was cheaper to fly with him than to pay somebody to deal with him. So I used um, to fly my, when I lived in California, I used to fly my dad. If we'd go on vacation for more than seven days, I used to fly my dad out to house sit and pet sit. Cause it was cheaper than them boarding uh, a dog, just the dog for seven days. That'd be like 400 bucks. I'm like, I can get you a flight out here for cheaper than that. And he's happier. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's uh, maybe give me an idea on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, can they win out? Should they? No, we'll see what happens. Um, Broncos right now at the 11th pick. Um, they could fall all the way down. And also you said there was a bunch of teams with seven or eight, uh, seven and eight, eight and seven. Don't forget the seven, seven and one Pittsburgh. Steelers. I, they're in there too. So the, the, I think there's 12 teams that are between seven and eight and eight and seven, including the seven and seven, one team, 12, 12 teams sitting at that fabled. Everybody still has a chance while we're playing God awful football. Yep. 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 So we'll see. Thanks you guys for us. Thanks Scott for running this before um, my, I set my alarm for uh six 30 because I'm like, Oh, that, that should give me time. Still not totally understanding that how, how time zones work. What is that? I think they're make believe. No, I, I get it. But uh brain was not functioning when I got in at whatever 2am. And uh, also my gear was not set up. It was here, there and everywhere. Cause I flew back with it across the country. So what a mad dash this morning, but thanks Scott for getting it going. And uh, thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, for uh, just waiting for me to come. I know everybody's just waiting for me to come and give my <laughs> beautiful insight uh, for all of you. you about gave me the heads up this time. I was actually worried about you the first time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't even count this one as oversleeping. I didn't count this one as being late. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it till, till, till nine 30 my time. And then I'm going to build a stream and get going. So um, Joe superstar, Joe Spath, superstar for us today. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Travis, uh, Shane, uh, and if I missed you, I apologize. Uh, Archuleta, who's that? Leon. All right, I remember the last name, Archuleta, because the, the Archuleta is a famous football player. Adam Archuleta. Adam. Yep. Um, so appreciate all of y'all coming in. And if I if I didn't say thank you, just because I'm old and forgetful, not because I don't appreciate you. Thank you so much. 
yeah, guys, follow us on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. If you are on Facebook, please join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you are on, I, are on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share, not just here, but on Scott's channel as well. Which, Scott, I still don't, your banner got moved on here. I just, I'm totally out of my wits. But yeah, at youtube.com, I'll, I'll grab a link. Uh, the numbers are going up still, which is nice. It awesome. didn't, uh, you know, I hit those numbers and it's like almost like, okay, once you're monetized, now, now Google has more incentive to send you people because they're making money now too. Uh, so my subscriber numbers are going up. Um, and we will be doing more. I've been, I've been getting back into the high school recruiting stuff too. And those guys that I'm putting up are three and out guys. So they're not that far away from, from the draft. Um, but my channel is now in the chat. Uh, click on it if you haven't already. I think, I think probably at least half of this group has. So uh, this, is, this has been, like I've, I've told you all before, couldn't have done it without you. Couldn't have done it without you for sure. There you go. And I put it in there too. I just wrote one out. So whatever, Chad, making me look silly. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we will see you. I won't see you tonight. It'll be uh, Carl with maybe it's, I think it's either Lance or Eric, but we'll see. Um, and I will see you guys tomorrow on Scott's channel. Like we just talked about talking a little bit of Falcons playing the uh, Detroit lions and the, the ninth overall pick Scott, we might be, have a little bit of a overlap here with our draft content this year with where we're picking in our, in our biggest needs, which is fine by me. No, that'll be nice. It means that we've got multiple places for the same content, which, you know, is efficiency. I like efficiency, mm-hmm. especially in my quarterback position. Guys, have a good one, guys. Stay safe. Go Broncos. We'll see you later. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>